Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Welcome once again to FOMO Friday, and today we are going to bring you the stories that you may or may not have heard about, and particularly if you're not listening to propaganda media. Uh, We like to bring you these because we don't want you to have that fear of missing out. And from a series of articles from the Daily Wire, we begin today with this one, a new uncover video from uh, Project Veritas, allegedly captures a high-level Pfizer official saying the company has considered mutating the virus in order to create effective vaccines in advance, declaring that COVID will be a cash cow for years and claiming federal regulators go easy on Pfizer in hopes of getting jobs later. Wow, this is quite the story. The 10-minute video, which was posted late Wednesday and had garnered more than 10 million views on Twitter, uh, and and just Twitter alone, uh, by Thursday morning, shows a man identified as Jordan Tristan Walker, who's a Pfizer's Director of Research and Development, Strategic Operations, MRNA Scientific Planner. So not just, you know, some low-level guy. I mean, this is a high-up type of guy. And he's discussing the company in what appears to be a bar or a restaurant. Now, the the Project Veritas employee, who does not appear on camera at all, prods him on various subjects. Quote, one of the things we're exploring is like, we don't, we just mutated COVID ourselves so we could create, um, preemptively develop new vaccines, right? The man identified as Walker says, quote, we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, we're, um, uh, there's a risk of like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating effing viruses, unquote. Now, when the Project Veritas interviewer asks if such work would be illegal gain-of-function research, the man identified as Walker calls it directed evolution of the virus, which he insisted is is not really the, the same thing. Quote, don't tell anyone. Promise you won't tell anyone, Walker says in the video. The way it you know, the experiment would would work is that we put the, the virus in monkeys and we successfully cause them to, to keep infecting each other and we collect ser- uh, serial samples from them. Still, the man identified as Walker acknowledges that such research could be dangerous, saying an accident could trigger a repeat of what he suspects happened at the Wuhan lab, where many believe the COVID first escaped. Quote, you have to be very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate don't create something that just goes everywhere, the man says. Which I, I suspect is the way that the virus started in Wuhan. To be honest, it makes no sense that this virus popped up out of nowhere. It's BS, unquote. 
He also says you're not supposed to do gain-of-function research with viruses, regularly not. And he said we can do these selected structure mutations to make them more potent. There is a research ongoing about that. That's what he says. There is a research ongoing about that. I don't know how that is going to work. There better not be any more outbreaks because Jesus Christ, unquote. The man identified as Walker describes the relationship between Pfizer and government regulators as a revolving door, which is, quote, pretty good for the industry, but bad for America. Quote, because if the regulators who review our drugs, you know, the the ones uh, that once they stop being regulators, they want to go work for the company. They are not going to be as harsh on the company where they're getting a job. At another point in the video, he acknowledges that COVID has made Pfizer billions and will likely continue to do so no matter how the virus evolves. Quote, who knows? I mean, either way, it's going to be a cash cow, he said. COVID will probably be a cash cow for us for a while going forward. Like, obviously. Now, all of this should be alarming to everyone, in my opinion. And yet, the propaganda media has not covered it at all. Just the Project Veritas. And, of course, you can see that at their website. Now, speaking of drugs, here in the Pacific Northwest, all drugs are legal, hard or otherwise. Uh, and, and they have been made so... Um, for a, a couple different reasons. In, in Oregon, voters approved the legalization and, and really the effective legalization of all drugs. And the courts mandated it here in the state of Washington, where this podcast originates. The surge of fentanyl related deaths in Seattle has risen so high that the country that the, the, the county is running out of room to store the dead bodies. King County has averaged more than one fatal fentanyl overdose death every day this month. 31 cases through January 22nd. Last year, over two-thirds of the fatal overdoses reported in the county came from fentanyl use. The 1,019 fatal overdoses constituted the highest number the county had ever recorded. Quote, the medical examiner's office is now struggling with the issue of storing bodies because the fentanyl-related death toll continues to climb. Obviously, they have, they have finite space in the cooler that they use, and that space is now being exceeded on a regular basis, unquote. This is from the Seattle Keat County Public Health Director, Dr. Faisal Khan, and, and they admitted recently that the biggest driver of these fatal overdoses involves fentanyl in white powder or in fake pills, which are just flooding the streets. In 2021, the Washington Supreme Court overturned the felony drug possession law, ruling that outlawing possession of drugs for personal use was unconstitutional. <laughs> and how you get there, I have not a clue, but of course, you know, all of those judges are in the in the back pocket of, of the governor of Washington, Jay Inslee. Now, quote, we have 
uh, opinions for temporary morgue surge uh, capacity when our census count gets high, including storing uh, descendants uh, on autopsy gurneys and partnerships with funeral homes. This is what a public health spokesperson told uh, KTTH's Jason Rance. Quote, we are exploring longer term options for adding more capacity, unquote. The Drug Enforcement Administration acknowledged that it had seized over 50 million, 50 million fentanyl pills in just 2022 alone, as well as almost 11,000 pounds of fentanyl powder. Quote, these fentanyl seizures represent more than 379 million deadly doses. And the DEA stated that the that the DEA laboratory has found that the fentanyl-laced fake prescription pills analyzed in 2022, six out of 10 now contain a particularly lethal dose of fentanyl. Quote, many fake pills are made to look like prescription op- opioids, such as oxycodone, um, th- things like uh, hydrocodone, uh, and and things like Xanax and that type of stuff, uh, or even uh, stimulants like uh, Adderall. The DEA warned, never trust your own eyes to determine if a pill is legitimate. The only safe medications are ones prescribed by a trusted medical professional and dispensed by a licensed pharmacist. And together with really with, with the lack of, of law enforcement and prosecution, because everything kind of goes together, doesn't it? Right. There is just no reason why an addict would want to get help. I mean, there's no, no longer is that hanging over their head that, Hey, you know, I'm, we're, you're going to be prosecuted for this and you're going to be uh, tried and you're going to be found guilty um, but you know we'll make you a deal if you, you know, if you get into drug uh, rehab or whatever. That, that's no longer there, and the drugs are cheap. And and if if they're you know if they're not made here, which many of them are, they're, they're just flooding over the border. And 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 if you'd told me twenty years ago that hard drugs would be legal, I just would have thought you were crazy. But it 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 will, it also amazes me how much money can be made consulting or speaking, even if what you're promoting has been proven to be untrue. Indiana taxpayers shelled out more than $100,000 to 16 project author Nicole Hannah-Jones for just over 24 hours of work. Wow, how would you like to get over $100,000 for just over 24 hours of work? This was according to a contract obtained by the Daily Wire under public records laws. The deal between the trustees of Indiana University and Hannah Jones uh, Speakers Bureau said the university would pay $101,700 for a 2022-3-mester Thermester, I guess, themester lecture, I guess is, I don't know why, why they're saying it that, but it's, it's on identity and identification. Now the themester, I guess is how they are pronouncing that refers uh, to, and what is meant by that is that uh, for an entire semester, Indiana uh, students were told to focus on the theme of identity. So it's a themester. Got it. Now, during the fall of 2022, we invited 
members of college and campus uh, community to reflect on identity and all that it entails. This is the university's website, and this is what it says. Race, gender, ethnicity, sexuality, nationality, native language, uh, social and economic status, and a myriad of other identities shape our worldview and how we see and how we portray ourselves and how we are perceived and received, unquote. The themester is run by an advisory committee that includes a gender studies professor and an undergraduate majoring in theater, drama, and contemporary dance, among other things. The Indiana Indiana is, is, is a deep red state, of course, and its governor, uh, Eric uh, Holcomb, is a Republican, and its state legislature is overwhelmingly Republican. And yet, this is what we see. The university did not return uh, you know, any, any um, requests for comments, of course, that's always what happens, uh, on whether or not the six-figure sum was wise, a wise expenditure of taxpayer money and whether it reflects on the desires of Indiana's uh, um, uh, electorate. Now, the lavish paycheck was in return for Hannah Jones arriving on the afternoon of October 19th. So get this. I mean, this is why they paid her over $100,000, right? She was to, to arrive on the afternoon of October 19th and, and participating in two classroom discussions, followed by a dinner party with uh, invited students and union board directors uh, involving some discussion, but no prepared remarks from the speaker. So she wasn't going to uh, give a speech or anything. Now, the next day, she was to participate in two more classroom sessions, followed by a 30-minute public lecture. So there's finally she's going to speak, right? For 30 minutes. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what we do here on the podcast uh, three times a week, right? And a 30 minutes of moderate discussion and Q&A with an audience. A meet and greet and a book signing will, continue, will conclude the program. So... <laughs> So she's even doing a book signing where she's getting to sell lots of her books. The $101,700 is the largest sum of taxpayer money paid for a single engagement and went to a woman who has parlayed her assertions that America is one of the most unequal societies in the history of the world, as she puts it, into a lucrative enterprise. I mean, she is obviously this is definitely making her money. Hannah Jones was raised in Iowa and the, she's the daughter of a mixed race couple. The Daily Wire previously obtained records for 11 speeches she made in 2022, averaging $40,000, even though some were made online. Wow. She made at least 33 speeches last year, which at the, that average figure would work out to $1.2 million just in speaking fees last year. Most of the speeches were at universities, uh, despite historians from across the political spectrum pointing to significant errors in her writing, down to the foundational assertion that that Americans get this. This is what she believes, and this is what she's spouting for this money that American colonists fought for independence from Britain in order to preserve slavery. <laughs> the speeches also served to promote her book, of course, which earned an estimated $2 million in royalties. Among her other income, 
uh, sources, Hannah Jones received nearly $75,000 not to work at the University of North Carolina last year as part of a legal settlement. So you're going to pay me not to work. That's great. Uh, in 2020, Hannah Jones inked a deal with Oprah Winfrey, shocker, right? And Lionsgate to develop 1619 into a an expansive portfolio of feature films, television series, and other content, including a Hulu series that will premiere this month. Yeah, don't think I'll be watching that one. Despite her heavy speech schedule, the New York Times Magazine writer is employed by Howard University following the uh, Knight Foundation, uh, the MacArthur Foundation, um, and other philanthropists earmarking $25 million. Wow. I guess, you know, it really is a great gig if you can get it, right? I mean, I mean, if you can parlay, you know, nonsense and garbage into those kind of figures, more power to you, I guess. I mean, the problem, though, is that these institutions that are charging thousands of dollars for each student, right? I mean, for, for their dispensing of knowledge and wisdom are then using... That, those dollars and, and taxpayer dollars too. I mean, that's what's happening here. These are taxpayer funded universities uh, that are paying these. Uh, and, and they're, they're, they're trying to hire these woke people like this to spout just absolute rubbish. I mean, it's just not, not, not truth whatsoever. And speaking of wokeness, Disney world's iconic splash mountain ride just went on, went on its final run, and some people are not real happy about it. Fans took to social media to share a retrospective on the water ride's decades-long past, including footage of the doors to the ride closing for the very last time. The hashtag Goodbyes Splash Mountain currently is, uh, has 1.7 million views on TikTok. Quote, I will miss you forever. Goodbye, Splash Mountain, one of the video uh, captions read. Another video noted that the line to board the ride was two hours long on its last operating day. Uh, enterprising park visitors, and speaking of trying to get a little money out of it, allegedly took water from the log flume and were reselling it on eBay for up to $50 per bottle. I saw a picture of some of those. The ride opened in 1992 and has been a popular staple for Disney's Magic Kingdom ever since. And the celebrities like uh, Princess Diana um, have gone on the ride. But the uh, the company announced in 2020 that it would shut down Splash Mountain, which has um, ha has been accused of having racist themes in favor of creating a more inclusive Princess Tiana themed ride in its place. Now, Tiana is a modern, courageous, and empowered woman who pursues her dreams and never loses sight of what's really important. This is what a blog post said from Disney. Now, they said, and, and quote, and with this long standing history of updating attractions and adding new magic, the retheming of Splash Mountain is a particular of particular importance today. Hmm, why? Why would that be? The new concept is inclusive. 
That's why. One that all of our guests can connect with and be inspired by. Hmm, how? And it speaks to the diversity of the millions of people who visit our parks each year. Can I ask how? How does it do that? I mean, you just got rid of a theme that uh, represented black culture and it's gone now. Some park goers called Splash Mountain extremely problematic due to stereotypical racist tropes. It's based on elements from the Disney film Song of the South, of course, which was it came out in 1946, which were included on the ride. Former ex- uh, executive secretary of the NAACP, which I like to call NAALCP, Walter White said the movie helps a... Um, a, a perpetuate a dangerously glorified picture of slavery. Hmm. But the film is set on a plantation and features an elderly black man, Uncle Remus, telling traditional American black folk tales to white children. The movie was not included on Disney's uh, Disney Plus streaming platform, as CEO Bob Iger said that it was, quote, not appropriate for today's world, unquote. Song of the South is set in Reconstruction-era America during a time when slavery had been abolished following the Civil War. And the character, Uncle Remus, is not a slave, but he is sharing stories with a seven-year-old boy named Johnny who is visiting his grandmother's plantation. Please, to keep Splash Mountain open, were ultimately unsuccessful. Splash, I mean, they, they actually had uh, a, a change.org petition going. They had 99,000 signatures, but it closed anyway. And Splash Mountain has never uh, included uh, depictions of slavery or racist elements and, and is based solely on historical American folktale and folktales that families of all eth- uh, ethnicities have, have been enjoying for nearly a century. Quote, it is it is absurd to pander to a small group of Disney haters that don't understand the true story and retheme such a nostalgic ride. But corporate wokeness is not going so well for the bottom line these days. Google dismissed dozens of employees working in the firm's diversity and content moderation departments, as well as a number of massage therapists in a round of company-wide layoffs, Google CEO Sonar uh, Pignari uh, informed the company last week that some 12,000 positions would be eliminated due to the uh, microeconomic turmoil <laughs> impacting roughly 6% of the company's workforce. Executives dismissed 31 massage therapists. They had 31 massage therapists on, on the payroll. 21 members of the trust and safety department and two diversity czars. <laughs> yeah. Diversity czars. Now this was according to uh, disclosures uh, with the uh, California worker uh, adjustment and retaining notification system. And it was d- obtained of course, by the daily wire. Now one employee with the title of diversity manager and another with the title of diversity specialist were listed in the disclosures and the, la- the latter position earned an average of $84,000 per year as base pay. Then on top of that, they had $11,000 per year in bonuses and $19,000 per year in stock benefits for 
an expected annual compensation ranging between $90,000 and $148,000. Wow, that was according to an estimate from Glassdoor. Now, individuals working in the trust and safety department are charged with deciding what content is allowed on our platforms while preserving people's rights to express themselves freely at a colossal scale we operate, according to a blog post that was shared on, on the Google's website. Employees with manager and analyst and specialist titles, I mean, they were dismissed as well and that type of thing, but obviously these this, this bloated, over-bloated company is definitely uh, starting to have to slim down and tighten the belt just a little bit, right? Um the uh, Twitter, which recently uh, reduced a headcount by as much as two-thirds amid Elon Musk's efforts to make the company, quote, more, uh, much more engineering-driven, uh, auction off a variety of kitchen items and furniture, such as, like, espresso machines, rotor, rotisserie ovens, um, commercial blenders, refrigerators, griddles, fryers, brazen pans, and, and, and pizza ovens, even. Now, Musk warned uh, employees uh, that they should expect ex- uh, extremely hardcore hours should they desire to stay at the company. But, you know, so again, this is definitely a streaming down. And there's a lot of people calling for, you know, obviously we saw, we saw Twitter uh, do the same thing. Uh, they There's people calling for more along those lines, uh, even more uh, from Google and their um, parent company, Alphabet. Uh, there's, there's more, uh, people that in like the capital management area that are, uh, pressing for meta, uh, and, and Mark Zuckerberg, uh, of course that, uh, Facebook and that type of thing to do the same that they can get, and they can get a lot more done. I mean, here's, here's what they're, they're saying. It's a poor quote It's a poorly kept secret in Silicon Valley that companies ranging from Google to meta to Twitter to Uber could achieve similar levels of revenue with far fewer people. I would take it a step further and argue that these incredible companies could run even better and more efficiently without layers of lethargy that, that, that comes with this extreme rate of employee expansion. So yeah, they're definitely having to, uh, to tighten the belt just a little bit. And, and, and this last story is kind of interesting. A&W Root Beer released a statement on Tuesday that was a veiled mockery of M&M's decision this week to pause the use of its spokes candies following political criticism. This is, this is hilarious. I, I just have to, I have to spoil it here. This is hilarious. Quote, America, let's talk. M&M's said this in, in a statement on Monday. In, in the last year, we've made some changes to our spokes candies. We weren't sure if anyone would even notice. And we definitely didn't think that it would break the internet. But now we get it. Even a candy's shoes can be polarizing. Wow. Therefore, this is what they said. This is their statement from M&M's. Therefore, we have decided to take an indefinite pause with the spokes candies, is what the statement said. In their place, we are proud to introduce a spokesperson American can agree on, the beloved Rhea Randolph. Uh, she, uh, we are confident Miss Randolph uh, will champion the power of fun to create a world where everyone's fe- everyone feels they belong, unquote. 
Now, <laughs> this is the funny part. A&W released a statement on Tuesday mirroring the language used by the M&M statement. This, this is what they said. America, let's talk. <laughs> A&W said in its statement, since 1963, Rudy, the great root bear, has been our beloved spokesbear. We knew people would notice because he's literally a six-foot-tall bear wearing an orange sweater. <laughs> but, but now we get it. Even a mascot's lack of pants can be polarizing. <laughs> Therefore, we have decided that Rudy will wear jeans going forward. The statement continued with this. It said, not to worry, though, we will remain our official, we will re remain our official, he will remain our official spokesbear. After all, he is unbearably cute and impossible to replace. We are confident Rudy will continue to champion good food and good times for many years to come. Now in DM. <laughs> so after, after letting the statement go viral on Twitter, the company actually had to come back and say, is, is now a good time to mention that this is a joke? <laughs> <laughs> M&M's, the, the, the popular candy course owned by Mars Wrigley, uh, announced that it was taking, of course, this in, indefinite pause with its spokes candy because of things like, uh, well, Fox News host Tucker Carlson, uh, where he talk, talked about uh, the candies getting really, really woke. Uh, the green M&M's uh, had her boots traded in for sneakers and the, the height of the brown M&M's heels were lowered and 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 uh it's it, it's just it's just really funny that you know that 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 some of these candies are were supposed to be you know um androgynistic or or lesbian or or uh, overly you know obese or whatever um <laughs> but the best quote is from Fox pundit Gary uh, Greg uh, Gutfeld where he said will M&M still melt in your hands if they identify as trans <laughs> now you may not even think that's funny you may think it's hilarious i would love to hear from you and of course you can always do that at uncommonsensepodcast.com thank you very much for listening this podcast is a production of organite communications